Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Skip Happens. It's going to be fun. It'll be exciting. I'm looking down the table because I have some pretty cool guests right over here. I'm telling you all about this. If you're tuned in tonight, you're going to want to hang out because I think we have just a, a great podcast. I have a, I'm going to call him a superstar. I'm going to call him an all-American. I'm going to call him one of the nicest people I think I've ever met in my whole entire life. Wow, <laughs> you got to see this. And there he is. You can look right at that camera, Don McPherson. Right <laughs> yeah, that one there. They're, they're, they're like all over the place in this room. Hey, my friend, Don McPherson is with us. And if I go like this, way down there at the end of the table is my friend Tracy Murgler Dando, right? Yes, Dando. Yes. And um, she is the founder and director and all the big stuff when it comes to uh, safe space. And we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. But I'm uh, going to go back to uh, actually this guy right here. This guy right here. Does he look familiar? All right. Well, let me. I had her. I had her. I'm all nervous, guys. I'm all <laughs> oh, giddy. Don't so be nervous. Uh, let me let me read this while the camera is not on me. Don McPherson, an All-American quarterback at Syracuse University. He went on to play professionally in the NFL in Canada. I think it was like seven years, uh, if not a little bit more. And uh, of course, just you know, what was it? 1987. What was that? 11 and uh, 11 and one. Is that what? 11 0 and one. 11 0 and one. That was it. Under Coach Mack, right? Yes. Under Coach Mack. How ex man, do you still think about those days? Does it seem like it was just yesterday or <laughs> no? <laughs> no, it, it seems like another lifetime ago. Really? Does yes. it does it really? Yeah. Wow. I don't remember most of it. What I remember is what I see on video. So I, I remember it probably the same way you do. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> because I watched you. Right. I watched you, and I watched you that season under Coach Mack, and we were talking before uh, we went out with the lights and the camera and cameras and all that, that, uh, you know, I worked at another radio station in town, and just Coach Mack, I just loved him, and I know he just lost, well, his he's been gone for a little bit, and uh, yes. apparently his wife just passed not too yes. long ago, so, but uh, just it, just a big part of Syracuse University history. And you used to come big uh, coach Mac would come into the radio station every week and he would bring another player and he brought you in one week. And I happened to be the, the guy pushing the buttons and making sure you sounded good on the mic and all that. And, and now I look at you, you look the same, dude. All right. There's a little gray in the, uh, I, I don't look, I pulled up a picture the other day from four years ago. And I look different. What? No way. Yeah. What? I don't think you do. Well, I appreciate that. I see the Don McPherson. I see the Don McPherson from 1987. I see the Don McPherson from the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> and you remember those days. I can't touch my toes. What? I, I barely remember. It's not that I don't remember those days. It, 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 you know, I've, I've been really fortunate that I've had a, a lot of things go on since then. Yeah. So, like what? Talk to us a little bit. So, okay. So you've been working like with mental health. Mm -hmm. uh, working, uh, helping people through different crises mm -hmm. and all that. And you yourself, you've kind of, you're great at speaking and great at putting on these conferences and all that. But then you say that, you know, that you don't want to be followed. You don't want, right. I, so explain that to me a little bit. 
Well, I, I, I think that what I, what I said earlier was, was something I told actually told Coach Mack when mm-hmm. he wanted me to be captain. And part of him wanting me to be captain was to corral me because I was, was an, and, and remain a very independent person. Mm-hmm. And I, I told him that I'll lead the team, but I don't want to be followed. And, and, and part of that was that I, I don't do well with groups. Um, because group thinking t- tends to cloud individual thinking. And, and um, when you're you know, 18, 19 years old trying to find your way and, <laughs> and the crowd of guys that you are, I say we're, we're, we're all in voluntary and involuntary relationships. Okay. And the voluntary relationship was being a part of a football team. The involuntary re- relationships were the individuals in that group. And so when, when the behavior went in a way that made me uncomfortable, I was never cool. I was never, you know, a slick guy. I was never a, a tough guy in, in any way. Uh, and the persona of a football player was that I was cool. And I was good with women. Yeah, I, I mean, was, I, I was a guy's guy and I was none of those things. Oh, wow. And so um, I had to avoid, it's why I wore, I wore a shirt and tie to class. Mm-hmm. Started when I was in high school, um, just because I wanted to throw people off that I wasn't. Yeah, a certain but kind of person. You were playing sports. I mean, if you played sports and you had a game that day, you had to wear a shirt and tie. I school. wore a shirt and tie to school every day. Oh, every day, every day, every day. Wow. Yes. Okay. All right. And why was that? What was the reasoning behind that? The the initial reason was when I was in high school. I'm all of my siblings, so I'm the youngest of five, very close in age, and all of my siblings went to Malvern High School in Long Island, which was a 50-50 black and white high school. Um, a lot of a lot of social justice history in that, in that community. But then my sophomore year, I transferred to a school that was predominantly white uh-huh. because they had a better football program. And I didn't want the white folks in that town and in that school thinking that I was the black kid from across the tracks who came there just to play football, which is exactly what I was. <laughs> literally <laughs> right. across, literally right. across the tracks <laughs> and literally just moved. Just, and but, so, so but, how do you fit in, and, right? Yeah, right. right so right. I, I, so when my, I wore sophomore year of high school. I started wearing a shirt and tied it. The school makes sense, and I kept doing that when I got here. And my teammates still joking just last week that I carried a briefcase, mm-hmm. and they always said there was nothing in it. it Might have been true. Um, <laughs> look at it, it looked, but it looked the part. Yeah. And 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 it was that I didn't want. I always say that I play football, but I'm not a football player. And I was always very self conscious about what that connotation of a football player was because it wasn't me. And if I tried to behave that way, I always got in trouble. You know, I, I t- I'm I'm having a maybe a tough time understanding this because you're a tough guy. Come on, you 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 were the guy. I mean, let's talk about the team a little bit. You were the quarterback. You were yeah. everybody surrounded you. Everybody protected you. Everybody made sure. It make me tough. <laughs> well, I think it did. I mean, I see me as a fan watching the game. I'm saying, oh, these guys are tough. I would never yeah. want to mess with these guys. I would. You know what I'm saying and all that stuff. But now I'm seeing this side of Don McPherson that is so real and so true authentic. to life, authentic. Good, yes. Um, what but- what you're seeing is my wholeness, and this is what what I I talk mm-hmm. to using the word authentic is is boys about being authentic and whole and evolving. Because as we were talking a moment ago, sure. we have we deal with a lot in life, right? And we have to continue to evolve with with how life changes and. On the field, yes, I was very tough on the field. On the field, I was actually um, no different than a lot of <laughs> – I'm laughing because a lot of knucklehead athletes. I once separated my shoulder. It was the worst injury I ever had in my life. Oh, it's got to hurt. It was, it was awful if I described it. And my bone was literally attached. The only thing holding my arm on my body was flesh. <laughs> and I literally told Doc Baker as he was taping me up that I won't be able to pitch the ball going to my left. <laughs> 
that's you know that's yeah where, yeah that's yeah. where your head was that's where my head was and yep. so yep. denying and by the way this is a, exactly a part of the work that I do denying my pain denying my physical pain denying my feelings mm -hmm. denying myself my feelings is is one of the fundamental problems with how boys are raised to completely ignore our feelings and so football was the was the perfect platform to do that and allow people to think that that was who i am mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um when it didn't define it defined very little of me but it was predominantly what made me a quote-unquote real boy a real man wow. and it was a facade well, wow. what did you, um, was it mid nineties that you started working with the gender-based violence prevention yep. theory program, you coming out and saying, Hey, I'm going to help you. Was it, was I, it that I, long ago? It was, it was, I'm, I'm in my 30th year of doing gender-based violence prevention wow. work. I retired from the less you talk about being tough to, to a detriment, right? Yeah. Um, well, I retired from football and went to, to Northeastern University um, to work with a man named Richard Lapchick, whose okay. dad uh, was Joe Lapchick, the first head coach and general manager of the New York Knicks. Really? And in wow. 1950, there's a film out now called Sweetwater. Okay. Uh, it's about the story about Joe Lapchick signing Nat Sweetwater Clifton to a, an NBA contract, the first black player to be signed to an NBA contract. So Richard Lapchick watched his dad integrate the NBA. His dad was being called all kinds of racial epithets after that and, and being have death threats and being light threatened because he integrated the NBA. Mm -hmm. And Richard Lapchick, a little boy at the time, watched this go on and literally dedicated his life to issues of racism and sport. So I, I got to Northeastern um, at the Center for the Study of Sports Society to work with Rich, who had just come back from Nelson Mandela's inauguration mm -hmm. because of his work in the anti oh, wow. movement. Okay. And when I got there thinking that I was going to be doing work around racism in sport is when I met a guy named Jackson Katz who had just created this gender violence prevention program. And, um, and I was, I was hooked. Mm -hmm. Now, does that have a lot to do with the, um, the book that you wrote? Um, you know, you throw like a girl yes, and, uh, the blind spot of masculinity. Correct. So, so tell us about that. The book. So when I learned about gender-based violence prevent or gender-based violence, when I learned about masculinity and violence against women, um, I, there's a title, a chapter in the book titled 29. I was 29 years old. Okay. The first time I heard this concept and I, I'd been mm -hmm. doing drunk driving programs and a number of other programs and different social issues. It was the first time I heard anyone talk about gender or issues of, of, of men's violence against mm -hmm. women. And, and I, the pressing question for me was why was I 29 years old and first for the first time hearing this? Why was I, it was the first time at all the work that I've been doing with young people prior to that. Uh, why was this something I never considered? And that I, I so I started in in that process started thinking about when did I learn what it meant to be a man and how did I learn it? It wasn't it wasn't explicit, it wasn't intentional, it wasn't deliberate from from adult men. It, everything was inferred, and so I I went back to what was the worst insult you could hear as a boy? You throw like a girl, being compared to a yeah, girl yeah, in any way. Yeah, I and, and you the, know growing up hear that all the time with the you know just different things that we do in life. Come on, yeah. man, you throw like a girl, right? Right. right. Really? <laughs> or or man up. Or man up. Right? Man up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and exactly. and so how the and so the, the two things about that language. One is you mm -hmm. learn that women and girls are less than wouldn't be an insult otherwise. And mm -hmm. and fundamentally we see women boys learn to see women and girls as less than. And number two is in that moment that we hear that or we use that, that's our way of saying man up. Mm -hmm. And so it creates this very limited understanding of masculinity as well as 
uh, simultaneously saying that women and girls are less than, which is really kind of dangerous if you think about it. we're limiting ourselves, and yet at the same time we're seeing women and girls as less than that. <sighs> That's yeah. Uh, go ahead, Tracy. I know you want to yeah, say something. Yeah, no, I just. <laughs> I feel it. I, I feel yeah. that comment yeah. a lot. And he's even as a girl that was an athlete, like it put us back down even further. And there was no, there was no getting up there. There was no competing with that. Right. right? Because you were always less than you were always less than. Right. Yeah. But when I look at it now, less than what? And it, it was strength, right? Like we're comparing strength at this point. Mm -hmm. And as a woman, I don't want to be as strong as you guys. Right. right? Yeah, that's what we're competing at in in athletics. Is also in in what what's strong to you? What does that what does that mean exactly? And we we I always say that, that men have mm -hmm. co opted certain terms and then limited what those terms mean. So when oh. you say strength, is strength sharing your emotions or hiding from them? Oh, well, up to this point, <laughs> right? yeah. And so yeah. and so we say he's the strong, silent type. No, he's he's emotionally constipated. He's completely shut down. <laughs> he's completely yeah. devoid. It's of, going nowhere. Right, yeah, right. He's completely disconnected from himself. Absolutely. And wow. so is that that's not strength. Ultimately, that's breaking you down. That is weakness. Yeah. At, at its highest. And, and so, even like when you say. Because men have co-opted what strength is, what power is, what control is, um, and, and and narrowed the way in the, the way the ways in which those things are, are defined or seen. And that's why I say I don't. I, I use the term narrow masculinity because it's narrowly defined. What about uh, you know women? They want to be in. I don't. I don't even know how the right. I, I say things Just wrong say all the skip. time. All right, so, I gotcha. You I gotcha. You gotcha. Thank you, Tracy. God, I'm so glad you're here because um, I'm so wrong. I will sometimes. clean up the pieces. <laughs> by the way, thank you. By the way, the one thing that I say about do, doing this work all these years is yeah. that women allowed me to be wrong, uh, and it's it's well. necessary. And by the way, it's the same thing in terms of every conversations around race mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, gender and mm -hmm. class, and and anytime we have to have a conversation, we have to extend grace to one another. Yes. Or we don't learn. Or we don't learn. Or we don't grow. And we can't do it together. And it's one of the things that our culture struggles with tremendously right now. So yeah. maybe we need to do more together. Like would that would be with uh, like sports. We have women playing sports like they've never played them before in the way of being on the same team as a guy. And, you know, we're reading and hearing about all this stuff that's mm -hmm. going on. Uh, how does that fall into this? At oh. all? You know what I'm saying? Now, Obviously, a woman, mm -hmm. sports, um, or Don, uh, just like you read about, you know, like certain schools want to start, you know, girls in sports that used to be all boys. Yeah. I don't think we need to classify what's a boy sport versus a girl okay. sport, right? Okay. I think that, do I have any pull to play football? Absolutely not. But if there's a woman that does, more power to her. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. go at it, right? I think that we've always had rules based on gender. And first of all, like we had this discussion a little bit ago, like both of us, all of us are, we, we are made up of ma uh, masculine and feminine energy, right? We've got both yet in the world we live in, I'm asked to be a lot more masculine than I actually want to, but to play in this world, I, I have to, it's my protection strategy. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. want to be feminine, but that also gets taken advantage of a lot of the facts. So yeah. I, I think that the world of athletics, it says here, right. As a volleyball player here, are your incredibly small shorts, tight spandex, 
tight ass shirt, right? Well, it's funny now go out there and that. jump up and down. Right. Like, well, who designed this, right? Like, who designed this? So, what were you gonna say? No, Skip. no, no. I was I was listening to you because you, you know I've had uh, my daughters played, I, my niece played volleyball, and you're mm -hmm. right. They they wear these shorts that are pretty much. Yeah. I can you know, jump like, in normal shorts. I can jump in. Normal but why? Shorts. Why is that? Well, Just I don't know. I can't. Well, I, I don't there's know. There's an explanation for, it, but I, all but, right. But even the explanation for it is pretty simple. It's designed by sports is the dominion of men. Yeah. It's designed by men, and if women are going to do it, it's it's kind of like what I was saying before about about what we were talking earlier mm -hmm. about boys who are who are trying to to and men who are trying to to advance and live a more whole authentic selves, but they're still trying to do it with a sword in their hand. In other words, they don't want to relinquish that which which they think makes them a real man. And the same thing is true about about how men have allowed women into into the sporting world. It's you need to come into the sporting world. You can compete. You can do all those things that a guy can do, but we still need to objectify you. We still need to see you as a woman, which is like women in field hockey wearing skirts. Right. right? Yeah, okay. And and by the okay. way, this, there was just just a story that I saw recently of that, that girls are playing hockey at a higher rate than boys now in youth hockey, and yet the equipment is still designed for boys. And there's a group out of Cornell right now that is looking at the design mm -hmm. of hockey equipment and how it's designed for the male torso. It's designed for so in, in the safety aspect, we still haven't evolved to help girls uh, compete in sports in, in a more safe environment. I have a granddaughter that's playing hockey. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly awesome. what you're saying. Actually, all three locally are, are playing hockey. And uh, well, I have one one granddaughter here locally, and then two grandsons. They all play. They all play. Yeah. But you're right. It's all the same gear. It's all the same gear. Mm -hmm. And we expect that women should conform to men instead of saying, hey, ah. hey did you, uh, what'd you notice when you drove up? Did you see all the neighbors had their uh, <laughs> lights out? I did, I, I did not notice that. I did not notice that. Until I brought it up. Yes. And then I'm like, look, look over there. You know, we have such a, not to change the subject, but add a little humor in here. But um, we have such a close-knit neighborhood. Love it in this Aww. neighborhood. Been here a long time. And we're all like family. We all do our own thing. But so we always, you know, I was talking about the podcast. And I said, yeah, Tom McPherson's coming over. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we got to get the orange and blue lights on. You know, so it's just. Like, <laughs> Valentine's Day is over. Yeah, it's uh, over. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But you see, I'm just saying these. And you're right. These are people. All right. They're, they're over 40. But still, <laughs> you know, I mean, but that's. It's a, you a big part of their lives just yeah. you know that football team back in 87 here at su and we're number nine yes see so you remember that yep. yeah i remember that part <laughs> no and, you know I, I i do probably nothing warms my heart more than and, and this has happened recently a couple times when i meet someone and they say my best memories were with, with my dad going to games mm. um, or with my grandfather going to games i, I that mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. is that is a gift that I was privileged to to embody. I I don't take credit for a lot of things that I did not intentionally do. I can't take credit for my talent. That was God given. I can't play the piano. I can't sing worth a lick. I tried. Yeah, you, I mean, you we don't all do. want me to bust out in song. It, well, you're, you're, all your fine equipment, all your fine equipment will start to melt in different ways. <laughs> Uh, but but I could do that one thing that our culture, our society, um, valued to a point now. I, it's it's and monetized in a way that I don't like. Um, but our society valued, and there are there are so many people who are of equal talent and skill and um, and and 
gifts to offer that we don't value. And that bothers me immensely. You here, and I keep going back to, but you being who you are and what you've done, and now you're telling us, you know, you, you don't want anybody to follow you, but this, but yeah, no, did you go? No, no, no. I, I think because everything that I can't see what or hear what's going through your mind or even, <laughs> yeah, you don't maybe wanna, I'm afraid you, to yeah, ask, you don't want to, but, um, did you have to uh, actually go and talk to somebody and get some help and say, look, I, I've done all this and I don't know why I feel this way. Did oh, no. You... Well, I, I have gone to talk to someone. I've, okay. I've, I've okay. been in therapy, but not about this. Oh, OK. I've always okay. been very, very clear about this. Um, and, and you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you a, a quick story. And, and it's one that, that right now the city is, is, is dealing with is there's an intersection underneath 81. Um, right at Harrison, I know it uh, well. you, you know the intersection. Yeah, I do. And if you look out the right side of your car, and as a quarterback and as a starter, I was in, I was in the front seat. The quarterbacks would take a car over to the stadium prior to the team would come over and bus. And as really? the, yes, so the quarterbacks would get there early. So we're we getting there. secrets. And, and we are getting secrets. It wasn't that big of a secret. We'd, we'd always get there early <laughs> before everybody else. Okay. And no matter what stadium was, we did it at home. And so, and, and as a quarterback, I was the, I sat in the, as the starter. I sat in the front seat for two two and a half years. And at that light, if you look out the window, the hood is right there. And right now, if you look, if you go left, the hood is still there. And when I say the hood, the projects, I'm right. talking no, about I know. The one bricks, of the worst, the, one, uh, yeah, one, oh, yeah. one of the worst okay. communities for black people in the country yeah. is right there. Wow. But to the left are billions of dollars worth of, of right now of, 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 of healthcare mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. medical mm -hmm. and medical and, and instant higher education uh, and their feet away from each other. And I knew then that if I got out of the car and I, I won't use the language that I typically would use, I'll be respectful of your, of your, <laughs> your platform. If I just got out of the car, I was just another black man on the street. But I'm going to go left, and 50,000, arguably 50,000 white people predominantly are going to cheer for me. Right. And that dichotomy was never, never lost on me. That was my experience. And, and so, and I don't say that in a bad way. I don't no, say that in a negative way. I hear That's you. just the reality of being very cognizant of how I showed up Interesting. In, yeah. in that space. Wow. What do you think? That's kind of go off subject again, but uh, with the projects being right there, you know, within feet of mm. a whole completely different area, why do you think that was done that way? Do you think? Well, you, you're, get, you're getting into the history of, of of how communities were redlined and how mm -hmm. yeah uh, this was this was this was not this was intentional. Yeah, this was planned. This was this is what happened in the Bronx. This is what happened in Detroit. Really, I happened you know I've always wondered that. Yeah. that you know, I'm, I'm I'm not dumb, so mm -hmm. I'm thinking yeah. they did this because of that, and yeah, it's like wow, wow, that's crazy. crazy. It's it's how um, marginalized communities, for lack of a better way of saying it, were maintained. Mm -hmm. and and how segregation was maintained and mm -hmm. um so anyway, anyway all right i want to know how did both of you actually get to work together how did how tracy how did you meet don and uh you know with uh, you got safe space going mm -hmm. and oh my god i just Aww. it's so awesome you've um just been developing programs, and I know you took over that building, mm. the old Strathmore paint well, building. It's actually we're actually in a different one. All right, never well, mind. That's that okay. one's gone. We're down. 
we haven't talked in a few months all right we haven't we've you've been busy i know Uh, same with me so yeah we're actually in the university block building downtown Um, okay yep we just opened this month so um it's interesting because i all i when i started safe space i tackled it from topics that i knew and i understood when it comes to men's mental health i'm not going to pretend i know or understand it but i have been affected by it right okay. i um i guess that's the best way of putting it and so i knew that when we started our men's group that i needed a very specific person to lead that group he had to be for lack of a better word a man's man mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he had to be sort of the cool kid that was like no guys listen like this is okay it's it's actually kind of cool to work yeah. on your mental health. Um so I found him and it, it, I'm sorry, it's not it's not time. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was building the that. What's going on? No, I didn't um, know no, 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 no. his name is <laughs> So his name is Mac and he's okay. incredible. And so uh-huh. a few months back, no, not even, I don't know, six months back, Mac had brought his name up to me. He was like, I just want you to check him out. Like he's doing some really incredible things in the community. And so I started following him. Cool. And then we recently had a video done. I think it was that that you re- you saw the you saw a video. You saw something. You reached out. Yeah. Um, on men's mental health. We Solomon Quinn did this beautiful video about suicide and men and um the the, st- the statistics are alarming. Mm-hmm. Like they are alarming. And Don had reached out. And so we sat down a little while ago um, and you know how you were talking about, what did you call it when skin? I I got the chicken noodles. Okay. I've never heard that first of all. I've never heard that. I've never heard it either. (laughs) But we sat down for like hours at the Salt City Market and that's what was happening because it was like we were so aligned with a mission and we could both see it so clearly. And to finally, I don't know, it's like it it just, Mm, yeah, it was just one of those moments. And what about you, Don? What's what's your side of this? Well, the 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 subtitle of my book is "The Blind Spot of Masculinity." Yes, and and where that came from was, um, it's one thing that if we're going to ask men to address issues of men's violence against women, we have to remove the chivalry from it. Because if mm-hmm. if my job is as a man is to be a protector of of my woman, then don't mess with my violent masculinity, right? I'm going to need that to protect. So we have to remove that. And it means that we, and I always say that that when the conversation goes from what we're asking men to do for women to what we want men to do for themselves, it becomes a scarier conversation for men. And and to Tracy's point, the the subtitle of my book is The Blind Spot of Masculinity. Um, I, I came from that from a young man watching me all day at a conference years ago. He was a mentee. And he, mm-hmm. at the end of the day of a long conference, day, he said, Don, you haven't eaten all day. You've been talking all day. You haven't. And I said to him, I'm better when I'm hungry and ornery and uncomfortable. I'm a New Yorker. I need to be uncomfortable <laughs> and intolerable to, to, you know, to, to be effective. And, and he said, isn't that a blind spot? You're talking about being healthy. You're talking about being whole. And, and so, um, hmm. the one thing that, that I appreciate about talking with, with Tracy, but that when we met that day was I've spent most of my life doing this work in, in and around higher education and an academic setting. And that doesn't work for men because in that academic setting, we are, we're toxic. 
masculinity is a problem and we're, we're not truly talking to men about how do we take care of ourselves. And I've been doing that. I've been doing, I'm in my 30th year of doing the work that the way that I define it is the work that women and survivors have asked men to do, not the work that our boys need. And if we're truly going to start doing that work, and that's why when we started talking, we weren't throwing out all the the sort of the technical terms and the, and the jargon around um, whether it was mental health or masculinity right, in right, ways right. that keep us from this really honest um, conversation where we both have to, as individuals, we we talked about this a little bit before we went we went live was about we're all we're all experiencing life that's that's messy, that's hard, that's uncomfortable, that's scary. Sure. Sure. Um, and we have to learn how to, to access the language and the safe space to do it, the, yeah. the, the comfort to do it. Um, that I think is, is really profound. So when we met, it was like all these things that were, it, was, it, it, it wasn't two clinicians having a conversation. It was, it was two human beings connecting on what makes us human. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And that was right. the conversation we had. As men, throw this out, ask, Oh, do you actually, is there a part of you that wants, that craves that vulnerability with another man? But like, do you actually feel a wall come up? Like, do you actually feel yourself say, I can't really go there? Yeah. Yeah. And I I think, I think we've been doing it for so long. There's a a feminist scholar named Bell Hooks who just passed away uh, about two years ago. And I quote her in my book is the only Person I quote, and, and the quote is the first act of violence that patriarchy asks of males is not violence against women, it's violence against ourselves. Ugh. And we know uh. it, we know it very, very, we're very acutely aware of it because it's part of our shame. It's part of our shame that we are not quote unquote real men, we're not cowboys or firemen. Like everybody wants to be a cowboy or fireman when he grows up, right? <laughs> we're not that. We're accountants, we're, we're mm-hmm. you know, swim instructors, we're, we're like, we're not all you know, tough guys. Right. And so we're constantly um, incapable of living up to this unrealistic image yeah. of masculinity. And so there's a tremendous amount of insecurity. So we know the things that we do. And some of it's become so second nature. We might not even, we might say, oh, I'm doing it now, but we do it. We, we all, we all men do it. We, we crave, that's what sports is. That's why we have men have man games. Right, where they can gather, we 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 name it something different to create that connection, and we and we crave um, the kind of of connection that we had when we were boys, mm. because there's there's trauma there yeah. that we had to start. And we had the the first women, the first woman that that boys see as less than is our mothers, because at some point in our in our childhood, we learn that what mom does is beneath us. It's the less than. I can't wear my mother's lipstick. I can't wear right. my mother's shoes. And 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 that the, it, we can later on see it as being homophobic or anti-gay. Um, but that's not how it's learned. It's learned as, as that's beneath you. Yeah. You, yeah. And there's shame attached to that. Um, wow. And that's something that, that we that we as boys we learn from a very early age, yeah. very very early age, and we practice it because it's and, I, and, and for and for for women who also promote that it's not that women are necessarily anti-gay or homophobic it's that they're afraid that their boy's going to give up the privilege and the power of being male right he's going to give up that privilege he's going to give up that male privilege so it's a kind of a deep-seated thing that we very deep seated. yeah <laughs> i'm like going holy cow mm-hmm. <laughs> it's deep it's deep wow 
it is deep. There's no doubt it's deep. Just, uh, just amazing to, to, to listen to this and the relationship now that you two have and what you're doing for the community together. We're just getting started. Just, We're just getting started. And, and that's why I am like so glad that you're sitting here in my pod zone, <laughs> which not many people are allowed down here. I'm just saying. Yeah. So, listen, yeah. there was this. There was a, 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 a what do they call that? That door that yeah, doesn't really yeah, exist. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's exactly. really impressed. Yeah. Well, really impressed. When uh, you know, for example, there's a laundry room off the uh, through here. Yeah. My wife needs to ask permission to come down these stairs to go to the laundry room. I'm just saying. Is there a this. secret knock? There is. There, there is. is. Okay. There is. Ask Zach what that is. He'll tell you what that is. But I do have to say, you know, I was talking about the neighbors earlier, and of course they're watching this. <laughs> and and Maria said over 70. And because we're talking about being over 40. Oh, over 40. Okay. And uh, she says he still has great eyes. Aw. Well, that's the only thing. I, I think that's the only thing that doesn't go. That's that's the. Oh, man. <laughs> just that just I was reading some of the comments here. So uh, like I said, they're probably they I'm sure when you pulled up, they were like, oh my god, he's there. <laughs> what? Get over here. Look out the window. There he is. Walking up his driveway. No, I'm just saying. I'm just you know, but we all have fun conversations. Yeah, sit in the car and pick my nose or something. <laughs> he's human. He's human. He's human. He's human. <laughs> he's human. And yeah, to go he's... back to that, do you think we all have a blank space? What do you mean a blank space? You know, you were talking about a blind spot. A, a blind, blind spot. spot. Yeah. Blind spot. I'm sorry. I, I, but I, do we? Do you think we all have a blind spot, and then we just don't know what it is yet? Mm, we we I, and and I, I I'm very careful not to generalize very often um, about people, but I but I've been around long enough, and I've and I've been around people long enough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're we're all. You know what's 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 made it worse is social media is anything but social. I wanted to talk about, that. and it is it is it is extraordinarily isolating. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's recent research that come that's come out from the, the Surgeon General that that loneliness has has the the health impact of 15 packs of cigarettes a day. Oh, of, yeah. of how I believe that's what we're seeing of how destructive it is, and and so uh, and that's that's revealing some of the ways in which we. Um, so many people are living with their blind spots. So many people are living inauthentic lives, wow. um, living lives where they're trying to live up to something that doesn't define them. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 to the you know point that we've kind of all expressed it one way or another, dealing with either trauma or unresolved things that we've pushed down in order to survive, mm-hmm. um, because they can be debilitating. Yeah, and so we push them down, and there's they don't go away. They, they 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 rest in they manifest in, us, in other ways. And then they manifest yes. in other ways. Yep. So being lonely, that has just gotten yeah. nothing like it used to be. Um, and I you're saying, and I somewhat agree with you that it's because of social media, because everybody's just they're by themselves and they're on their phone. Mm-hmm. Yet they'll tell you they're not by themselves because they're probably doing something with somebody on the phone, chatting or texting or something. But still, so social media. How do we how do we handle that? Because reality is we're getting older, times are changing, mm-hmm. uh, technology is advancing, and it, it all seems to be going in that direction where now we have AI. Now we, you know, I mean, it's now I, being in the media, AI is good and bad. Yeah. I mean, I, I love it for certain things, 
I hate it for others mm. because somebody could take my voice and you know, that's the bad side of it. Yeah. The good side when I got to write a commercial or I need to put some, I'm just having a brain fart. I'll just put the facts in and it'll spit out something for Oof. me. Yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah. That scares me. What? I put Don McPherson in there. <laughs> Please don't. I did. It came out uh, all American. Great guy. Great guy. It, it did not. <laughs> You know, yeah. No. <laughs> All right, go. I ahead. think the problem is is technology is moving faster than the human brain yeah. and body are. Yeah. So no doubt. that no is doubt. why we are seeing anxiety and depression like we are. We are trying to adjust as a society and technology is just zooming past us, right? And it's why we're seeing it in our children and the problem is is we because we haven't been here before, we don't have coping strategies to deal with why right. why mm -hmm. we're here. Mm -hmm. We don't teach this to our children. We don't teach, first of all, feelings. We don't teach emotions. We don't teach of how to process those. We don't teach of tools. And now we're eliminating community. So like your biggest thing to combat mental health is your toolbox and then your community that surrounds you. And social media is eliminating all of those in one hit. And so that is why we are seeing our so, children and our teens like take the blunt of this right now. And I totally agree. But what do we do? Yeah. That's a question that I don't think anybody has a, an exact answer to. You, you know, there, there are some things and, and there are some things that I don't think technology, I know technology can't solve. And one of them is this. And we were talking about this. Earlier. Oh, like in the in-person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is, Correct. that's why when, you know, we set this up and I'm like, come on over to the studio. Yeah. Because, yeah. We could have done a Zoom. We could have done anything like that. But we're feeling each other yes. here. We're, you know, we're yes. getting the emotions. And in my line of work and music and radio, and uh, I'm in the country music field, but I talk to a lot of songwriters and you know what? It's the same thing for them. And we got in the pandemic changed a lot of things, but we, they would, uh, you know, during the pandemic, they were doing, doing it all over zoom. And they said, you know what? It just wasn't the same, no. but when we get together in a writer's round and we're sitting around a table, you know, we feel the emotions, we see the emotions. You can feel the, you see the body language. You're like, yeah. You know, and you start, right. It's like it's oh. energy. And right? that's how it's, it's working here. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of energy here. There's yes. I'm waiting to get hit by a football. But, uh, no, actually, it's it's at, it's on the table. There it is, right there. See, there it is. And actually, my son said you got to put that football on the table, Dad. Oh, yeah. But see, we have baseballs. I don't right. know if, if you. It was nice of him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no, we were saying that because some of Safe Spaces groups are online, right? And yeah. yep. we've gotten our society has gotten to a point where they are more comfortable at home in their mm. own space. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so if the only way I'm going to get them to seek help or seek support is get online, then I'm going to go with it. Right. But the yeah. magic happens when you put people into a room. It's happening here. Tonight. It is happening here. And you, you can't create this through social media. You can't create this through AI. It is just human connection at its core. And uh, it, it's hard to, it's hard to like describe in words. It really is. Wow. I know. I'm just, and I and I think that that to that point, I think that we need to to, and this is part of of Tracy and I meeting and having and and we have to be deliberate and intentional mm -hmm. about this. Mm -hmm. It's not mm -hmm. going to happen on its own. 
Uh, right. Left on its own, we are going in a very bad direction. And we need to be deliberate and we need we need community. And I've I've I moved to Syracuse um about 10 months ago. Okay. And um part of the reason of, of moving here is um I, I crave something that I don't have here. Uh, I'm completely untethered. Um I'm as lonely as I've ever been in my life. And uh, and I crave community, and and um, and and that's and I and, and here the, the ironic thing is I know I knew that before I moved here, that that's the way that we solve these problems, yeah. um, is 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 true and 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 I see it with young people how disconnected we are. COVID was harder on adults than it was on young people. Oh, I believe that by yeah, far. I believe that. Yeah. Because we were so used to the things that made our lives convenient. Remember before yeah, oh, yeah, the blind spots, right? We were right so used, and us. it took it took it yep. away from us. Yep. And we were forced to do this again. Yep. We were forced with our families, with friends. We were forced to, um, and we chose because of for safety reasons. Right? We chose all the technology, um, and and as adults, we got we got lazy on getting back to being intentional about community. You know, I'm reading some of the comments here. Here's a good one. It and says, um, uh, girls will uh, ask another girl if they are all right. Why don't boys do that when they see other mm. boys in trouble? Why don't they, guys? I was I was with a group of... Because they're too cool. Because that shows vulnerability, right? Yes. I was with a group of, of boys the other day. And, and, and I will say this about this generation of young boys. As adults, adult men are cynical, and, and women. Adults are cynical about where, uh, about boys, and this gets into the conversation around masculinity that I'm so focused in on, and why. Yeah, and, and I want to hear this. Why, so. why I'm advancing something I call aspirational masculinity. Okay. And um, boys are are and I use this word craving um, connection and intimacy, and I don't talk about intimacy in terms of of, of a of physical intimacy with right, a, right. with a partner. I'm talking about human intimacy this mm -hmm. um they're craving th their ability to live their authentic selves um and i was just with a group of, i was just at a school in new jersey and um i did a, a school assembly that i had a group of uh, students come afterwards and the boys that showed up the first question they, they couldn't wait, wait to ask is how do we get past this culture that if i tell my friend and one boy pointed to his friend said if i tell my friend i like his shoes that I'm not glazing. And the woman from the school is like, what does glazing mean? And there are certain things, certain things that when I hear them, I know exactly what it means. All right, what does that mean? <laughs> well, glazing to, to me, and this is how my brain all right, went all right, to all right, it. all right. Because to me, it was, it was um, um, you're soft and sweet like a glazed donut, right? That was ah. my first thought, that you're glazing. And the and boys are like, yeah, that's right. That's actually what it, how they really? meant it. If you're glazing, it's like you're glazing on him. You're sweet on him, mm. right? And so there's there's a homophobic, you know. So yeah, now, right? So it goes in that direction. And by the way, I just want to clarify something I say because I don't like leaving words out there. Um, I don't like the term homophobic because it it kind of says that we're afraid of gay people, and we're not afraid of of lesbians. And and no. and men who are afraid of gay men are afraid that that gay man is going to treat him the way he treats women. Why is that even an issue nowadays? You know, and, and should mm. we, I'm just because we're still there we're because still there. we're still we're still uncomfortable yeah. with those things no, that, I know, that I we know. haven't been raised to to normal to be normal, in, in our, and they are normal. Like we go back before about one hundred percent. what's normal? One hundred percent. But that homophobic again, I'm using that term, um, is what those boys were saying. Why can't I? Why can't? Why isn't it okay for me to tell my friend that I like his shoes without 
well. without that language. That, that again, that goes back to you throw your girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that shaming language that he that they hear, and they want to be able to do that. The the ability to do that without being shamed. Wow. Oof. Yeah. This is. I mean, the masculinity thing. Though, just keep going because this is this is really really good, and I think people need to hear this. And also, I want I want our viewers and our listeners to know that uh, you know this book is still available, and I think it's they need to go out and get this. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I have not like, read I it myself. <laughs> I need to buy. But coffee. I'm going to go out and get it too. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, well, go ahead. I know well, uh, the the and I, I could I could you know I could go on for a long time, but I, okay, I won't. I, won't. Um, I said before is that the work that that I and other men have been doing has been the work that women and survivors have asked men to do. It hasn't been the work that our boys need, and and in in, in that, what we the only reason we're talking about masculinity with, with boys and men, and even using that term, I ask men when you hear the term masculinity, what do you think of? And most people think of the word toxic. And because the only form of masculinity that we talk about is the part of men's behavior that adversely impacts women's lives right. to, your, to your point that you've been affected by it. So the only form of masculinity that we're talking about with men is to stop that thing. And, and I always remind people that before we use toxic to talk about relationships or masculinity, we most often use toxic to talk about waste. You separate toxic waste from garbage. We say that again, yeah. you separate toxic yeah. waste which is why you have two trash receptacles in most most responsible buildings, right? That are, that are lead certified. There's right if you have a certain mm-hmm. kind of building that has all up to all, every code and standard, you have two different tra- receptacles. One for one for garbage and one for toxic waste. And mm-hmm. this is a generation of boys who've only heard their identity as being male as being toxic. What are we giving them? Yeah. And if we're telling wow. them to get rid of that behavior because it harms other people's lives, including their own which is where the suicide conversation comes in, including our own. If, you, if we're telling them to get rid of that, what are we giving them? And I blame my field of men who have been doing work around men's violence against women for people and, and someone that, that your, your viewers and listeners should definitely, if you're an adult with a child in your life, especially a boy, you should know who Andrew Tate is. Because what Andrew Tate is doing he, he's this former MMM fighter who's been charged with everything from rape to trafficking, who's, who's a, a, a misogynist and, and, yeah. and just an awful purveyor of, but boys, he's saying something that resonates with boys. The boys don't like his misogyny. They don't like the, the, the misogyny and, and sort of the, how he treats women, but they do like the masculinity piece. That's where they're connecting. Because, mm-hmm. because he's saying, he's saying, listen, you want people telling you you're toxic? Let's show you what toxic looks like. Yeah, and that's right. why I said right. he's got the sword right. and he's yep. talking about being a bad dude, right? Yeah. And and that resonates with boys because that's what we've been telling them that they are. Mm-hmm. And so we have to give boys something to which they can aspire, which is what aspirational masculinity. What do I want for you? Not what do I want you to do for someone else? I don't want you to do this work on you for someone else. I once had a woman who said, I don't think men can do this. I said, quite frankly, I'm not trying to make better boyfriends for your girlfriends. Right. I'm I'm trying to make better men who are not going to put a shotgun to right. their head when they're in their fifties because they don't know how to evolve in the world. Right. Right. Mm. Right. And and so or and, and so um that's it's but, it's a positive approach to to being whole and authentic. I know, and you mentioned before that leads to the suicide conversation, and loneliness has a lot to do with that as well. And we're trying to, you know, we need to prevent that. We need to, to find out why and how can, you know, what 
leads one on in that direction to. And let me just say this about prevention. Please. I, we need to stop doing prevention work. We need to do promotion work. If we want to get better in the classroom, we don't teach to not fail and we don't teach to pass by 66. We teach excellence in the discipline. Gotcha. If we want to win in athletics, we don't teach to not lose or excuse me, coach to not lose. And you don't coach to win by a point. You coach excellence in the sport. Excellence. I love football. I love the excellence of, I don't care. I don't care who wins and loses. Right. I don't. I, I don't. I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I don't care who wins and loses. Well, I guess there goes that question. Yeah, but, was, go I was blown away by that one, I, by the way. I, there okay. was, I was watching Seinfeld and my cousin Vinny. <laughs> my cousin Vinny that was, was on my list of questions, by the way. It was about the Super Bowl. I, 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 I didn't see the game. Uh, uh, but I can tell you with Seinfeld at episodes one. But, well, but, but we right. teach excellence <laughs> in the sport. And so that there's love of the sport. There's innovation. There's sustainability uh, okay. in, 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 the love, in the love of it. And I love college football. I'm going. To, I'm going to the Davy O'Brien Award in Fort Worth, Texas, on Monday. So cool. I I still love it. So um, cool. But I don't. But I don't care who wins and loses. And that's what game day is. I'll go to. You know, I love to watch people prepare to be excellent. And we have to do the same thing when it comes to how do we move towards aspirational masculinity? How do we move towards promote promoting uh, uh, positive mental health? Right. So you, I know you said you didn't watch the Super Bowl, yeah. but yeah, all right. Now neither one of my teams were in the game, but you know what? I did watch the Super Bowl, and you know what? Did I really care who won that game? I just wanted a good football game. Sure, and we got a good football yes, game. Yes, we did. So I mean, so it's not like you know, I wasn't particularly cheering for one one team. Yeah. It was. Watching game. my board and watching the games. So, there you go. But no, I wasn't. No, it, it was. I guess that kind of goes along with what you're saying. Is it's more about a good game. Yeah. And the, yeah. it doesn't matter who wins or who loses. Yeah. It's a good game. Yeah. And that's when you played. Um, is that what that was your thinking as well? No, I want to win. There's an all American right there. I'm a, I'm just I'm a competitor in recovery. <laughs> you know when my when my daughters were very young and you you know you, how do you cut? I was going to ask you about your daughters. You cut out you cut out um, cards from remember you like um, uh, highlights magazine. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, oh you yeah. Cut, well, I I would you know we had a little we had a little giraffe and the zebra and a lion and you had a little card game. I was dealing from the bottom of the deck with my kids were like three and four years old. <laughs> I, I was dealing. I was dealing. I was dealing hyenas from the bottom of the deck. I was dealing hyenas from the bottom of the deck. I wasn't going to lose to them, <laughs> and they didn't know the difference. What oh, did you know? oh no! Oh, oh, no. I'm, I'm a <laughs> well, highlights <laughs> magazine. I, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I I hit it. Go ahead, go ahead. Now you got me. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Am I that old? Um, no, no. It's still, the highlights magazine still around? Is it really? Oh, yeah. Do they still have still the, the it, highlights? Is still there now? If I remember correctly, you had a page where you had to find certain animals. Yes, oh, yeah. I remember yeah, yeah, that page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, yeah. You still have them? <laughs> no, 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 no. So tell us about your daughters a little bit. Somebody was said, ask them about his. Yeah. What do you want to know about my daughters? I don't know. Um, you know, I. <laughs> Um, wow, that, that that's deep. I have a, uh, I have a daughter who's I have a daughter who doesn't talk to me, been um, there. and and but we've turned it around. So. And yeah, and um, and that's probably one of the most painful and yeah. and as you know, it's it's, yeah. it's a a gut wrenching um, daily and almost by the hour. Um, and 
she's brilliant. She found her, her, I saw it when she was very young. Um, she scored a perfect score on her AP art exam. Ooh. And she's a senior in high school, one of 308 mm -hmm. students worldwide uh, scored a perfect score. And she she turned a lot of of what happened with divorce and COVID yeah. and yeah. all those things that happened sort of simultaneously. Um, and she went inward. And she, mm -hmm. she she's an, always an extraordinary writer, even when she was very, very young. Um, she always had this, this sort of intense uh, introspection. Um, and so that's my younger daughter. She's a, a senior in high school. And then my older daughter is, um, she's, uh, she's my mini me mm -hmm. in good and bad ways, but mostly good. Um, and she's a second year student at the University of Vermont. And Very she cool. is right now studying, doing an internship in Boston, Very which is cool. kind of cool because yeah. she's in the town where I went when I retired and I dropped her off a few weeks ago and introduced her to some some of the guys that I worked with, some of the people I worked with yep, yep. back in Boston. She's yep. interning at an ESL school. Very nice. And she's 19 years old and she's about to be 20. And mm -hmm. and she is as independent and um, she's a pretty incredible young woman. And I'm just excellent. Excellent. You know what? I mean, we've all lived life. We've all had things happen. Um very similar. Yeah. Uh, but there's one thing that I found out, even though they may, sh their actions may be over here, but I want to say inside, you know what? They love you and they love you because, you know, you're, you'll always be dad. Yep. And, and it's, believe me, <laughs> it's just, I think they, they have to get through this period and then they're going to go as you're getting older, I'm getting older. And I'm like, and I think they're going to go, they're going to realize that. Yeah. Yeah. I spend. I, I'm trying to find the right words. No, it's no, hard. you're you're right. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say that, that I, I've spent um, my entire life since I was a, a sophomore here at Syracuse, um, working with kids and yeah. working with other people's kids, and I've always had a a, a, a much different view of, of my own. I think than most parents because I never. I don't want to say that I never saw them as mine in the, mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. possessive. Um, I I always felt like it was a, it's a parent's job, and so I think is I think why parenting and being a parent is a mental illness, um, it, because I think a parent's job is to learn who our children are, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, and, yeah, and and so yeah. we we spend a lot of time trying to get them to be who we are. Or um, and or or want what we want, or and, not make the same mistakes, or not make the same mistakes, and and um, and and their mistakes are kidding me. If I didn't make the mistakes I made when I was younger, I wouldn't be here now. Right, right. right. No, um, exactly. I think all three of us could say absolutely. that. Absolutely. You know, I mean, oh God, I've made so many mistakes. I can't believe I did half the crap I did, and, and now we're still here, and I'm still here. And you know what? I think it's made me a better person overall because absolutely. it's like what. You know, you start thinking about this stuff, and you'll never. Which, you don't want to go back down that road. Which, by the no. way, and just to just to put put a bow on this on this part of this conversation, mm -hmm. which is why I don't see the same person you see sitting here, mm. because I don't. I I and I was always afraid of people telling me I was something I wasn't. I was deathly afraid of that, and and it and I never listened to it. 
I, I never thought of myself as a star. I never thought of myself as a hero. I never thought of myself as, um, it was always scared the death out of me I, I, because I wasn't. You know, I'm going to say that I'm glad you said that because now I started this conversation. I knew you were coming over. I was a little, little nervous. Yeah. Although I've been doing this for how many years? But it's like because you are who yeah, you are. I, and I get that. And But now we've had this conversation. And I now don't, well, yeah, I see Dom McPherson sitting to my left. But you know what? I see a real guy here. Yeah. I see a real human being, a very down-to-earth human being, a very smart human being. Somebody that, you know what, I would want to be a friend with and not look at as, you know, as Don McPherson, the, the All-American. And it's great. Don't get me wrong. Oh, it's, it's cool. It was it's cool. cool. Oh, I bet it was cool. <laughs> but still, now we've had this conversation and understanding where you're coming from and, and your inner feelings are coming out a little bit. And uh, it's now it's like, this guy's really cool. This yeah. guy's real. This is, and, and, and I hope that other guys that are watching this realize that and listen to every word that you said because that everything is so powerful. And now that you're working with, with Tracy and uh, Safe Place, Space. You got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, It is a safe place as is, well. Yes, yes, exactly. it is. Right? It is. Those and, words are interchangeable. You know, I see nothing but just excellence and helping those that need help. And hopefully if somebody sees this, they, they can call Tracy Absolutely. or get, somehow go through Tracy to get hold of you. And maybe there's a guy out there that says, I need somebody to talk to. I don't know. You know, we're all lonely a little bit. Absolutely. I, I don't care how good your relationship is. I don't care who you are. There's still that little bit that there's that loneliness inside you. Mm -hmm. because you know, one of the things that, that I have to say is about moving to, to Syracuse is, is, and being an, an outsider, but someone I've been around this community for 40 years um, is, is what Tracy's doing. Other people are doing not the same work, but are doing the kinds of grassroots mm -hmm. work that is so needed. That is so community centered. Um, I think of Joe Horan who runs the building men program, who does oh, work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I truly, I admire what Joe is doing. Joe is doing work that, that is similar to what I do, but in a much different and powerful way. Uh, and we, and we have to learn as a community, as a community of helping people to come together as a community of helping yes. people. And because if we don't come together, if we don't come together, how do we expect people to come to us? Right. Right. No, and, absolutely. And, and, absolutely. And action speaks so much louder than words. Right. Yeah. And we cannot expect to, to combat what's happening with our teens, with our younger generations, with our men, with, I mean, with all, if we don't start to come together. And that's always been the belief that mm -hmm. mental mm -hmm. health and wellness and loan, all of that is so much bigger than we are. So much bigger. So much bigger. And community yeah. is, is the answer. It's just, we, we, we crave that community. And it, it's interesting because we see it every week at the dome and we see it in these, in these socially acceptable ways. Yet the layer we're missing is this vulnerability that happened here tonight, right? That happens in circles. Yeah. It's yep. like, yep. take off that layer, like stop, stop the, the pretending or whatever you're doing, right? Like what is really going on? And how many of us actually ask that question to the people we love and care about? How many of us actually hold that space without trying to fix or try to make it better? Mm but just letting yeah. them be. We don't know how to do that. We don't know how to do that because 
if it's triggering, if like if Don's saying something and it's triggering something in me, I want to fix it. I can't sit with it. Right. So we are all, like you guys said, when you're talking so beautifully about your children, we are all on our own journey, our own path, and we are only in control of us, right? Of ourselves. And so, um, like, I know that if Don says something that triggers me, there's something in me that I need to start. I need to, you know, continue to work. Like, on, why right? is that bothering me? <laughs> <laughs> why is why this is, bothering me right now? Why? Right. But yeah. we don't do that. We project it back on them. Right. So it's a constant blind spot that we work through one blind spot and the next one pops up. Right. We are constantly doing that work. And just like our physical health, there is no yeah. end. There yeah. is no end game with this. We just try and do a little bit better the next day. And so um, this is a community initiative right here. And you like it just you're back for a reason. And oh, yeah. And and as daunting as that. Yeah, sorry. No, 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 no. She was oh, at no, a row. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. I felt that kind no, of sense. No, I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't feel I don't, that, that's not daunting to me. That is. That is so exciting to me, yeah. and and um, but I think for a lot of people that's scary. Yeah, of course. And I I like to add humor to a lot of things that I do, um, because I want people to know that what scares us sometimes, if we really lean into it, can be a lot of fun. You know what I say? That's about fear, someplace I've never been. Right. So now instead of fear, like tearing, the, like scaring the hell out of me, I look at it at as a challenge. Right. Like, right. What's on the other side of this? Like, what possibilities Mm -hmm, are on mm -hmm, the other mm -hmm, side mm -hmm. of this? But for most people, fear holds them back daily. Yep. Wow. I'm just, uh, while you guys are chatting there, I was looking at some of the comments. Uh, Somebody's asking, in his opinion, Your opinion, God. Wait, let me finish here. Let me finish. Let me finish. Scary thing. Uh, in, In his opinion, why don't boys or men say I love you to their brothers? Adult men in saying bye. I don't know. Just so read it. In his opinion, why don't men, boys or men say yeah. I love you to their brothers? Adult men in saying bye. It's 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 what it's what I said earlier with the glazed donut with the glazed right with glazing. There's a a fear that saying I love you again. It goes back to what I said before about how narrowly defined even the term love is. And I I I have my on. I don't do a lot of social media, uh, but and I used to do this more. I'll just post the word love. And the reason I do it is because there's so much negativity and judgment and ugliness and hate coming out of social media that I just like, can I just put the word love out there? And I'm with mm-hmm. and I and there's probably you know 70 or 80 people that I've you know through I've known throughout my life who always chime in. And sometimes they'll they'll do the Beatles, love is all you need, or all you need is love, or or you know, love makes the world go around. They'll quote something or they'll just like it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but the whole point of it is, is just to put the word love out there. And and I don't mean romantic love, I don't mean intimate love. Uh, I just mean love. I mean, just unconditional. I love you. I love who you are. You exist in my world. And yeah, yeah. and um, with no judgment, no agenda, I just care that you are well. Yeah, no, I totally get that. And I, I'm not, I, I 
tell people that even other guys and hey man i love you you yeah. know it's like uh, gotta, somebody but, sir, but we gotta put the man in there sometimes we gotta say i uh, love you man uh, hey, yeah, man. hey man still right you know i've gone love you you know <laughs> and just a way of because it's just i'm glad he's in my life and we're good friends and you know it, there's nothing more than that. right so that's but aren't we also changing this like as a generation like were you guys told i love you from your fathers absolutely not you know okay. no no absolutely so it wasn't not and we to had you. two different bringing up so right. it just it's it's pretty much the same you know it's pretty much the same i i and i'm trying to think of mom ever really did i recall yeah. no, i know i, they I don't did. think you're alone in that i think i know it, they did, i think but... the generation you look at what that generation went through um you know and that's how i i look back and the trauma that they were going through, right? Um, they were in survival mode most of their lives, right? I love you wasn't a thing we did. We didn't right, say that. Right, right. So we're changing that, but it it takes a really strong man to do that, to say, I, I love you, right? To change how he was brought up and change it for the future of his mm -hmm. son and his mm -hmm. daughter. Mm -hmm. Strong, I use the word strong. It, it, it takes a change agent, right? Mm -hmm. That says, I want to do things differently. Yeah. Well, I make it a point to tell my kids that I love them almost every day. It's Zach, who you saw when you came in, who went crazy. Dad, because, how can you know? You know <laughs> exactly. just, no, no, but I'm just saying that. It's just, you know, every day, it, I get, before I leave to go to the radio station, it's like I'll go in his room. He's still like asleep or whatever, but I'll mm -hmm. say, hey, dad's going to work. All right. And it'll be like, hey, Zach, I love you. Have a great day. And he goes, love you, dad. You know, yeah. so I always make it a point to do that. And even with my daughters, as we talked about before, uh, it's just they're you know, we, we had those tough times, but it's still I love you. Yeah, I love you. And when we do speak, you know, on Sundays or I talk to my other daughters here, one of them's local. It's always the phone call will always end. Love you. Yeah. You know, so mm -hmm. th th we make that point. Yeah. It's family. Yeah. And, you know. You know, my son said to me the other day, who's just turned eight, he was like, yeah, mom, I know. I love you. And we talk about our feelings. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yes mom, win. Right? Yes, yes. Ding, 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 yes. ding, ding, ding. That's awesome. You know, this has been a great conversation God. here tonight. And, uh, of course, the book is out. You wrote it a whole lot of years ago, but it just got uh, published, what, not that long 2019. ago? 2019. 2019. Okay, so it wasn't you all that want, long You want to hear a quick story from, from the book about what you just I said? I would love to hear I a wrote, quick story. I wrote the book originally in uh, about uh, 2000 and no, I'll take it back in 1998. Holy cow. Um, I wrote the original manuscript and I was on Oprah back, back then. I saw uh, that picture. I, yeah, yeah, I saw and, that too. And, and on set, I knew that I was going to do this. Um, I told her during a commercial break that I wrote this book, told her the title. She was like, Oh my God. She goes, I'm not going to tell the guy's name. She, You'll get a book. You'll get a book. Yeah. Oh, get, yeah, no, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> she said, she said, call this guy. She gave me the guy's name um who's the president of disney's publishing company and i just thought to myself i am on my way to oprah's book club <laughs> I, I i saw myself with lines. I, saw, I saw the lines of people waiting for a signed copy at barnes and noble on, on, the lives on, were changing on 7th avenue i, I, man, just, I got it man I, I just there was there was a place called the book review in, in my hometown at the time i just saw myself at the book review signing autographs and it was gonna be great and and so i get back to new york 
um because i said at the you know the beverly wilshire hotel and in, in, you know in chicago where oprah puts all of her guests and um to steal the bathrobe no, no, no. I actually didn't stay there. I'm just oh, quoting right. the show. Okay, okay. Um, but, I, I, but, I, but, I, but he I, has the towel. I, I get home. I call, I call this guy's office, and he said, who's calling? And I said, my name is Don McPherson. Why are you calling? Uh, and then here was the line. Oprah Winfrey suggested I give him a call. And I was like, that's it. I'm like, I'm... <laughs> You know, and and uh, I got on the phone. The guy called me back an hour later. I he within within hours the manuscript was on its way, and within days he rejected it. And the rejection oh. the rejection letter is in the book. Wow, verbatim. And the rejection letter, and I'll paraphrase, was: "Women don't need this book. Women buy books. Men won't read this book." Men don't buy books. Tell me he's full of shit. Wow. No, but what I wrote in the book currently is that what I was hearing and what 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 I was hearing from the, and I knew a lot of people in the publishing world. I knew I had friends, you know, I was pre not famous guy, but I was a well-connected guy. I was on the board mm -hmm. of the Ms. Foundation and yep, US yep. National Committee for UN Women. I was connected. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I had I talked to some of the top agents mm -hmm. in book in the book world. I talked to publishers and everyone told me that the book buying public public was 18 to 35 year old college educated white women and that and that men don't buy books and they're certainly not going to buy a book about about masculinity and all this and 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 so what i say in, in the in the book is well 50 cent at the time do you know who 50 cent is? yeah yeah it's okay. your birthday <laughs> yeah that guy okay I, well, if, if you said to me if you said if you said to me, just, if I know 50 I'm cents, a music guy. Okay. Right. I couldn't name one 50 cent song. So, so that's <laughs> why right. I said, that's why I'm asking. It's your birthday. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I heard that they allowed one of the people who usually takes tickets at the Super Bowl to do the halftime show. I don't know how that happened, but apparently they let an usher do the song. I don't know. I'm showing my ignorance <laughs> and trying to inject a little. <laughs> um, but 50 cent had his own imprint. It's Simon and Schuster. Okay. So if you're telling me that the book buying public is fifty is eighteen to thirty five year old college educated white woman, how many of those women are buying fifty cents books? Are buying books about some? And again, I'm not saying this to disparage. I've been criticized for disparaging fifty cent as, as some. But it's not uh, meant to be, be that way. I get you. Right. So, so, but what's he writing about that is appealing? And he wasn't writing about men being whole and caring and loving. He's writing about it. And, and so the, the publishing world was dictating what people were reading. The mm -hmm. publishing world was saying that men don't care. I didn't write the book because I'm, I'm some anomaly in society. I, I, I wrote the book and I've been doing this work for four, for 30 years. I've been doing this work and, I, and I've been in, in locker rooms and fraternity houses in, in elementary schools in, in every, every state in this, in this country, except for Alaska and, and, and Hawaii. And I can tell you, men do care. Boys do want to have the conversation. Yes, and and what that publisher was telling me thirty years thirty years ago was men don't care, and that's BS. It men is. do care. Men do <laughs> care, one hundred percent. Wow, go out and get the book. <laughs> Amazon. Yes, buy a bunch. Buy yeah, a bunch. and they come. Maybe. I need to grab one too. <laughs> yeah, 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 me too. Thanks, maybe we know somebody. <laughs> maybe we know somebody. <laughs> I know somebody. Okay, but okay. Uh, you know, this is this has just been such a great conversation here tonight, and so much fun to have you all here. I'm going to go back to this camera view that way we can see everybody. Yeah. Uh, but uh, just wonderful. Can we talk football? Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. But go ahead. 
Philadelphia Eagles. No, nothing. I haven't watched an NFL okay. game in 20 years. Uh, you play for the Lions too, right? No. no. I, okay. I play for was... the Eagles and the Oilers. Oilers. That's what I was thinking yes. of, the Oilers. Yeah. Sorry. My bad. Canada. Who would you play for? Hamilton and Ottawa. Yeah. Was that a, Is it a whole lot different? Yes. Okay. Completely different. Uh, philosophically, a completely different game. Three downs instead of four. 20-second play clock. Uh, players can be in motion. The end zone's 15 yards deep. That kind of messed you up a little oh, bit. Did you, it, like, it, knowing, you know, playing here in the States, the, the Eagles, and, of course, college years with SU. Yeah. And, and all that. that I, I, can, I like to think of myself as a, as a quarterback, as a kid, that a quarterback is more like an administrator. Is your job is the, the, the short amount of time that the ball's in my hand, the better. And, um, and so, um, in the, in the CFL, the quarterback's kind of like a point guard. Whereas in 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 American football, the quarterback's more like an administrator. Really, your hmm. job is to well. Yeah, I get that when you watch the way the game. Goes. Yeah, your yeah. job is to you know that's why why you know everyone loved you know Peyton Manning saying Omaha Omaha, which is everyone gets gets stuck on that. But what what Peyton Manning was very good at was being an administrator at the line of scrimmage, was was putting people in the right position to win, and and so in in that regard, as I said, you you. As a in American football, the way that I was raised with Coach Mack, as, yes, who was such a a, a technician as, as a, of a of oh, a coach, so um, you you put your offensive line in the best position to win. You put your receivers, you put your players in the best position position to win. Whereas in the CFL, you do that, but you're more part of that gotcha. um, because of this the way the game is played, and it's a very wide field. And um, the older I got, the less I was interested in running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, let's just face it. Quarterbacks nowadays, they don't run unless they absolutely have to. Um, but yeah. they're, 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 the, the, the NFL game is, is it's, I find it extraordinarily boring. I try to watch games. And I, I'm like, really? Is well, that... they got Taylor Swift now, which kind Taylor of increased Swift. the uh, well, the younger that, audience. The fact that Taylor Swift football. was a draw should tell you everything about the game. <laughs> well, no, I'm serious. No, no, no. And, and, no disrespect, but but then again, it did a lot for the game. Mm-hmm. It no, it did it did nothing for the game. Well, look what. It, well, maybe it did, it did it for the NFL. It did it did something for the entertainment of the product at the end. That the the fact Money. that they played the Super Bowl in Vegas no, turns yeah, well, my stomach. Mm. The fact that the NCAA holds its convention in Vegas. The fact that Syracuse is going to go to Las Vegas for a game. Then now it's UNLV, and I give them that. But the fact that the new president of the NCAA is saying that college football should embrace gambling mm. turns my. What's happening now? And, and I'm you're going to get me on the soapbox that I really should not get on right now because <laughs> it, your board will light up. It, I, it, it is I, it, college not. athletics and college football in particular is moving towards an immoral place. Really? Where well, we don't care if these guys graduate. Right, all these kids that are transferring in, transferring out. How many of their credits are transferring in and out of the schools with them? They're not many. Yeah, that's true. And 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 what NIL was was a last ditch effort to silence the people that said that Nick Saban was making too much money. And what <laughs> what we've discounted in that is education. I'm not. I didn't move back to Syracuse because I made money playing football here. I moved back here because of the education that I received here. I moved back here because of the community that I lived in here. That's why I live in Syracuse. But not, you made your money playing. I, I don't want to even. I didn't. Get, but not here. But the Eagles, I mean, when you were in the NFL. I, I didn't make a lot of money playing football. Well, that was a lot of years ago, I, too. So. I, I make more money doing what I do now than really? I playing football. Wow. Yeah. I, I once played. In, now it's crazy. I once though. played in the CFL. Mm-hmm. And and um, 
after taxes, the exchange and everything else? I can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> right there is the but answer. Wait, but wait, I was I was one of the highest paid players. I was one of the highest paid players in in, in the CFL at the time, and uh, and what I brought home to the U.S. was <laughs> like almost nothing. Oh my god! And you look at it nowadays, um, just. And we talk, look at the salaries and what these pay, players are making. Yeah. And it's just, uh, I have a hard time. It's, you know, I look at what I do and, you know, I don't expect to make a whole lot of money. I expect to make a little bit more, but still it is what it is. And I'm thankful I have a job right. and I love what I do. But uh, I look at some of these players, whether it's baseball or football. I mean, the, what these guys are getting paid. Are you yeah. kidding? Yeah. It's like, yeah. what? 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 And how can they afford to do that? It's got to be crazy. Oh, well, well, think about well, unless Taylor Swift goes every game, then well, they take, sell out take, the stadium, take, and you got all take new... Taylor Swift out of it. Okay, look, look, take take the highest paid right. player on any team, and and understand that there's a bunch of players around him that's making maybe not similar, but making a lot of money, mm-hmm. and then recognize that there's all kinds of people in the stands that work there who take tickets and sell hot dogs and all of the and park cars and all those. There's yeah, all these other yeah, people, yeah. and there's usually just one or two or three people who own that. In other words, I don't know. You're right. You're in other right. words, there's right. somebody else who's making a lot, a lot more of money. money than those guys. And now look at the betting. Look at all that that's going on. And because oh, it was in Vegas this year, the, way, the big game was and, in Vegas. And, and this is why this is why I say record that the game numbers in Vegas turns my stomach. There's yeah. there's arguably no more destructive addiction than gambling. Yeah, agreed. And and, and it's getting worse because now we have worse. all these programs. You can sit there and watch the game and have your phone out and have it on. Yep these different sites and you can gamble right then and there it's it's crazy and it does become addictive and and the the, the rising uh, number of people are gambling on young men can i ask you really a, a, maybe you don't want to answer uh, uh, give yeah. me a, an I answer lo- I lower my chin <laughs> uh, but <laughs> you know and we talk about social media and we talk how bad it can be and and i totally get that and you know i have to with the business that i'm in i mean social media actually kind of helps me but yeah. i i see that other side of it as well but uh, you know like these games these football games and you get the nfl is rigged the nfl is rigged <laughs> the nfl is had rigged. this conversation with someone oh boy uh is it no <laughs> it, it, there's, there's there's too many there's too many moving parts and there's too many um it it, it may seem like there's people who are gonna be, who would benefit from that but on that field who played in the super bowl the other day i didn't see the game but i will tell you that there were a bunch of guys on that field who next year will not be in pro football there are a bunch of guys in that field that are making league minimum there are guys on that field yeah. making league minimum. Yeah. There's special teams guys. There are guys who probably didn't even play in the game. Well, there's, yeah, there's and, quite a few. And, and they're scratching and clawing to stay in the league because right now there's another group of kids coming out of high, coming out of college, want to take their jobs. So that would mean if it was rigged, you'd have to get all those guys on board. Yeah, it makes sense. And it's right. a good answer. Um, I like that. You know, there's just you you can't. I I, I jokingly say that I'm a, I'm a competitor in recovery. You tell me you want me to to, to do do what? Are you kidding me? Right, right. I agree. There's no Agreed. no way I'm taking a dive or doing something because wait, because somebody who's not here said something. Are my coaches telling me to take a dive or or, or mm-hmm. to mani- manipulate? Heck no. 
Do you realize I just asked that question, and when I walk upstairs after this uh, podcast, my wife's going to go, "You actually asked." <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it, but here's the problem, and this is why, and this is why I think that that it's going in the wrong directions when you start allowing Vegas into the conversation. And I love the Mannings; I, I mm-hmm. know them well. They they are the first family of football. All levels. Archie is the head of the National yep, Football yep. Foundation, and I, I love them. I, and and um, but when they started doing DraftKings commercials and whatever else, I'm like, are you kidding me? Yep. What are you people doing? It's all and, about the money, though. They're yeah. getting paid big bucks and, to do and, that. And that's and that's where I say, you know, when when I came out of when, and this is not about me, but when I came out of out of school, I I wrote a letter to all 28 general managers in the in the NFL, and I said, if you're not going to play me a quarterback, don't draft me. I didn't care about the money. My integrity, and, and, mm-hmm, and this mm-hmm, is the part that mm-hmm, bothers me, is that, is that we do a lot of preaching about sports, that sports build integrity and leadership and sacrifice right, and community. Right. It's all BS. It was never true. We, we just, it's just like I said, that men co-op certain things and give it different meanings. We co-op that sports builds character. No, it doesn't. No, not any more than practicing piano until oh, mm-hmm. to, to your, to your finger, fingernails bleed. bleed. It, is, it is what do adults use that platform to teach? Because you can use that platform. In my opinion, sports was I win, you lose. Sports didn't build community. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. And so, and so, and, and we started that. And I'm I'll get on a soapbox. I spent many years doing this work around youth sports. And and I, I had a, a parent many years ago. It was probably the only time I ever broke down, not broke down, but cried and, and, and lost my voice in, in the middle of a, of a, of a talk. Um, other than when George Guignon died, but when when I had a parent say, what, "What happens if my son is not good enough to play?" I said, "How old's your son?" She said, "He's six. Mm. That how that, there's no, first of all, there's no such thing as not being good enough to play. That's why it's called play. Yeah, yeah. And and wow. to tell a child Seriously. that they're not good enough to play is criminal. And 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 we started going down this road um, where we started monetizing sports. Uh, and and we've gotten away from those quote unquote the assumptions of altruism, and mm-hmm. and we and that's what nil is. Nil is is not teaching young men and women who are competing in in sports and in, in higher education to to learn from it. We're teaching them to try to exploit it the same way everybody else is exploiting them. Wow, man! Wow, to hear that from you, that dude. I just banged my hand on the table and don't know what to say, but uh, wow. You know, so if you, um, it's a first for skip. I know, it's a first. I, I, it is. <laughs> You're absolutely right. And, and see, that's what I'm saying. This whole relationship here. And now it's like, this is Don, he's my best buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's happening. Uh, but, you know, playing in the NFL, what what kind of crazy things went on? What about, let's have a little bit of fun. You now, Come on, you're Don McPherson. You played with the Eagles. You, you were the quarterback. You were the quarterback that everybody was watching. And, and it was so I was the, I was freaking the, cool to I, know that you came from SU. I was the backup to Randall Cunningham, who was on the front page of front cover of Sports Illustrated <laughs> as the ultimate weapon. Randall was the ultimate weapon. You know what, what? that made me? <laughs> the, the second yeah, the, the second, second the, the second runner, one that the wasn't the runner <laughs> I know but the, 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 you're almost good enough okay. almost not quite so you don't make the cover you're not ultimate you're, you're a weapon yeah. you're more of a tool you're not a weapon there must be a lot of crazy things that go on that we don't see within the team though you know what I mean just kind of fun things and everybody kind of 
I don't know. Good parties? Uh, gosh. All right, I, no. I, I, I wasn't don't much... talk about the parties. Yeah, we don't talk about the no. parties. You know, I, I think it. I think it, it, it. In many ways, was anticlimactic. It was mm-hmm. not just go um, out, and play the game, get paid. It was a job. It's a job. It was a job. Mm-hmm. And, a job. And, and but you loved your job. Oh yeah. Okay. Exactly. I mean, so is it, it really a it job? Was it? It wasn't. Well, yes. And, and what I mean by that is is that um, you know once you once you sign a contract to play a, to to do the job, it's no longer. Um, it's no longer a choice, right? You've signed the contract to do this job. You don't get to say, I'm going to take a day off. You right. Know? You don't, right. those things. And, 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 you know, I, I was, I was tremendously jealous of the guys. I remember Steve Young got his law degree and he still wanted to play. I'm like, oh, how do you get a law degree? And you still want to do this, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, like you, you had, and I remember outgrowing it. And I was jealous of guys who still, um, I always, it was always fun. Don't get me wrong. It was always fun, but I outgrew the, 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 the climate. I outgrew yeah. the culture. Yeah. And I remember just being, I'm still, I'm still to this day. I see guys who are in it and they're my age and they're still they're like, you know, they still want to play. I, I said to Jeff today, I said, I'd be I, breaking I, an arm I think, and a leg. Yeah. I, they still want to, I, I still think I could come back my, in my head, but I don't want to. Mm. Um, and, um, uh, but my ego says I can still, I can still, I can still get out there and do that. I can, I can't touch my toes. <laughs> well, uh, but I, but I was always jealous of guys who who um, who were in it for a long time as players because I outgrew that. What about coaching? Um, I, once again, I I I wanted to be involved. Um, where the where this where I wanted to be involved at SU um, more. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm not. I wouldn't be an X's and O's coach. I'd be more of a of a, a coach of of environment of culture. Um, and um, that was where my interest was uh, with 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 the program. But um, I'm, I'm I've never coached. Yeah. I, and part of it is is it's almost because as I said earlier, but I'm not overly concerned with who wins and loses. I want to build strong men and and. and competitive players but you could be a coach doing that but the focus would be a little bit different because what you're i get what you're saying and maybe maybe that's what they need is somebody not a coach on the sidelines or whatever but a coach to work with them as a team or individually and say all right guys get you know make them feel better and and stuff like that that's a whole different it's a coach but it's a whole different and i do think you know along the lines of, of the mental health conversation you know to be a you know to be a college student right now and to be a college athlete right now, um, the scrutiny that they're under with, with social media, the scrutiny that they're under with college athletics, the way it is now, um, it is that the need for that. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking as someone who still thinks, and I'll speak specifically here that it's Syracuse university. It's not the Syracuse football Okay. Team. In other words, it still is. And this is what bothers me about the conversation around NIL is that part of the way that NIL came about was a discount of education. Was saying that education doesn't matter. Was saying these kids are being exploited. They need to play. I'm sorry. No, not not only not only was my experience at Syracuse as a student beneficial to my life, you know, I, I I 
you know, whether you like them or not to me is irrelevant, mm -hmm. but one of my fellow SU alums is the president of the United States. Mm -hmm. And the first time I met Joe Biden, people were like, oh, you just met the vice, he was vice president. Well, I, I'd met him before and known him for a long time. I, right. met him, I met him playing basketball when he was in the Senate in Delaware and I was playing for the Eagles. We played in a pickup basketball game. He came up to me and said, mm -hmm. hey, I got my law degree from Syracuse, right? That's what, that's what, what the value of an education is. That's the value yeah. of oh, no doubt. Yeah. I don't care if you have a kid who makes um, a million dollars in NIL, that million dollars is going to be gone. You think he's going to be investing in long-term? If yeah. NFL players are going broke the way they're going broke, what are we doing to help these young men who are, and oh my God, you're so right. talking about all that stuff. But, but what the real value that, that they have is the relationships. That's what higher ed is. Why do you think the fraternity system is so powerful? It's the alumni. It's the ability to come out of there a part of something very unique within something very unique. And and to to come out of Syracuse debt free, oh, at <laughs> oh, Syracuse University, I'm just saying it's you, great, you, great, great. You school, tell me, but, there, there's you know, not an NIL deal that's worth that's worth that. That's worth what what other I people know. are paying in student I loans. Know, I know. And so so I get you. The whole way that NIL came about um, prior to the NCA just throwing its hands up were a number of states saying that kids are being exploited and they should be able to use their name, image, or likeness. When I published my book, on the back cover of my book, is a picture of me in a Syracuse University uniform. I had to ask for permission for that, and and I was and I and I I very proudly did so. I had no problem asking because Don McPherson in just a regular football uniform means nothing. It meant something in a Syracuse University uniform. I I get more out of them than they get out of me. Hundred percent. Wow. Wow. This has been great. This has been a, a deep conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Several different. We went down. Yes. We went down a lot of roads. You realize? We did. That. We, yeah. we 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 went on some back roads. Yeah, probably you're a little did. nervous about. We did. We did. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I just want to say what an honor it is to have you. And uh, Tracy came up with this, and it just to get you in my pod zone, uh -huh. and and uh, it's something I've been doing for a while. But to have somebody of your stature to be sitting here and telling uh, your story, what you're about and what your goal is. And, you know, getting, getting with Tracy and uh, safe space. is just, just wonderful. How is now, if somebody watches this and they want to look into safe space a little bit more, mm -hmm. uh, give us some basic. Absolutely. Info. We're on social media under safe space, CNY, safe you hear space. That, Don? They're on social yes, media. I know. Sorry, okay. Don. And they're Sorry. Very good at it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, and then the website, which is safespacecny.org. Uh, so really, you can sign up for classes, groups all on there, or you can call and inquire. Um, our, our strategy is to help people sort of dip their toe into this because safe space is a more preventative model. We are done getting people to their breaking point, right? We are trying to normalize that community and support circles are a thing of the now and that we all need them. It is not a black and white thing. And so um, there are, we have 16 different groups right now and then we have workshops and classes. And so, yes, we ask you to inquire. Inquire. Inquire but to, you know, away. You, you're doing all this. And donate. And, and, uh, thank and, you. Yeah, that would I was be just really going to go because what you're we doing, are a nonprofit. It's yes. a nonprofit, 501c3. And yeah, 501c3. Great. Yep, you got okay. it. So, in other words, you're putting a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of money into this. Yes. They need, 
you know, this is your life and what you, 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 I know you, you've turned your life around. You have done just a tremendous job doing Thanks, what yeah. you're doing. Uh, you got a beautiful family. You're making it work. You're Thank doing you. personal experience, mm -hmm. which you hear at this table today. Yeah. It's kind Think of insane, that. huh? Yeah. Facing those fears, guys. Right. It is. <laughs> it is. You never know. But yeah. Singing great songs. Well, how are you doing? Um, <laughs> But no, exactly right. And and now with Don, I know, I can't and Don's coming on board this. to help out with what the men's side of it and masculinity yeah, and all that. We, so. Yeah, we don't know what this looks like yet, yeah. right? We're, we're working on it though, we're right? We're still exploring that, we're, but yeah, there's you know, a clear my, alignment. You know, the podcast is called Skip Happens. I love that. Think about that because in life, Skip real, Happens. Skip, skip happens. happens. And when Skip Happens, we have a place to go. Oh, we have a safe we, space. We have a safe space. And we got, I don't, two of the best people sitting right here. Look at that. In the pod zone. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, And remember, when you leave here tonight, you just get a little wave to those houses across the street. <laughs> Everybody's getting you know, Because believe me, they, they probably got the computer right in front of the window watching this. And uh, they're going to say, okay, when I sign off, they're going to go, oh, are you afraid should, to go out of the house? I now? should be coming out anytime now. <laughs> I feel like it's like, oh a, my God. like a horror movie. Well, I'm going to stay down here. <laughs> <laughs> no, all kidding aside, uh, I'm very fortunate to have what I have and be in the neighborhood that I'm in. And, you know, we're all like family here. And to, to have you guys here, and I consider myself, you know, part of your family, I hope, and Absolutely. vice versa. And if there's anything that we could do now that you moved here, you ever want to get together and maybe do some sort of a podcast or come in and do your own thing, you're more than welcome to come down here and do it anytime that you would like. Or awesome. I can bring a system to you and we could set up the podcast and you can, if you want to do something at uh, Safe Space, have, you know what I mean? Just you Thank two you, can do Skip. it and I'd set Thank things you. up for you. But uh, thanks for watching, everybody. Don't forget, go out and get the book. Uh, you throw like a girl. I've been, I was told that. Were you? All right. I know I was wrapping it up. I just made a left turn. <laughs> Hang on. So you've been a quarterback. Have you ever been told you throw like a girl? No. Okay. Well, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks, Don. And things are but uh, I'm glad you said that. They I, fit well. I, I got beat up every day in my life. I'm the youngest of five, two older yeah. brothers. One played in the NFL. The other one was, was a professional boxer, ranked second in the world. Oh, at, holy cow. When I was here. I so that. my childhood was um, a lot of, of getting beat up every day. But that made you a better person and a stronger person. I don't know about that. It just makes yeah. me not like those people very much. <laughs> you love them. They're family. Come on. All right. Uh, Dominic Pearson, everybody, has been sitting with us here tonight. And, of course, Tracy Dando. Muggler nice Dando. Did, is it Dan? It's, it's Dan Dando. It's officially Dando now. Dando. Yeah. yeah. Back. Back to my origins. Okay. But I want to thank you both for being here. Some great information. A whole lot of fun. On Skip Happens. And uh, make sure you look it up online, uh, of course. Yes. And, 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 no, I, I go ahead. You no, know what? Well, I want to. I want to. I, I just want to say thank you because this is what what Tracy does doesn't always get this kind of platform. Yeah. And and so um, I've been I've been around long enough to 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 know that this is a special opportunity for for her for for me. I mean, I get to do this because we can inter, you know throw some some football in there, um, but to be able to to highlight what she's doing. Um, is really, really beneficial. Yes. So thank, thank you. Thank you well, for, with your help too, but yeah. still, no, it's, to me, it means a world. It's, it's pretty awesome. Can you hold a, a hold? Do you know how to hold a baseball? No. <laughs> Can you hold a baseball? Okay. Put it back. Oh, oh. oh look, you got it right. That, That's how you do it. Yeah. yeah. Zach, Zach's going to show you how to hold it. <laughs> All right. 
Good night, everybody. Thanks for watching Skip Happens. And uh, make sure you check him out online. The wonderful Don McPherson, Tracy uh, Dando is here with us from uh, a safe space as well. Have a good night, everybody. Good night, neighbors. Good everybody night. Good night, neighbors. Good See night, ya. neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're off.